we believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Dream Architect Life podcast. Brittany Anderson here. And today I am going to show you an interview with an extra special guest. Now, this format is going to be a little bit different than what you've seen us traditionally do. And to give a little back history or backstory to this, we actually recorded this session to share to another podcast that Brian and myself, alongside another business partner, Dre Redfern, uh, that we've had going for a couple of years now. So that particular podcast, it's called the Ultimate Advisor Podcast. It's where we educate advisors from across the nation. We give them tips and insights and ways to grow their business, ways to manage their mindset, uh, ways that they can enhance their overall delivery for their clients. You know, we we are big believers in helping other talented individuals to, to not have to reinvent the wheel and to learn from people who have put practices in place that they want to replicate, that they want to do. So to get to our guest today, he was brought on to share his genius, to bring his knowledge to the table uh, on some of the things that he helps people with. And our reason for sharing this on the Dream Architect Life today is that we want you to see that possibility comes in so many forms. And what our guest helps people do and what he has accomplished and how he masters his own mindset and where he's helped people overcome things in their lives that might be related to limited mindsets. Those are all things that even if you're not a business owner or an entrepreneur or, you know, somebody that's in sales, because that's really who he supports and helps. Even if you're not in those particular roles, there are golden nuggets in here that we believe could be massively impactful for you. So we wanted to cross share this one, uh, spice things up a little bit and give you somebody new, introduce you to somebody that, that you probably or, or very likely hadn't encountered up to this point. Lou has an amazing podcast. It's called Thrive Loud. He interviewed myself uh, recently on that. So you've got to check out that episode. If you look up the Thrive Loud podcast, you'll see yours truly right alongside Lou. And he's just got a great, a great message and great way to bring others to the table, to have really deep conversations and to shed insight and empowerment and possibility into your life. So without further ado, I'm going to give the formal introduction, and then we're going to get right into the interview. So Mr. Lou Diamond, he is an 
energetic, humorous, and inspirational speaker, uh, business development strategist, and he is a performance mentor. For over 25 years, he has delivered winning tactics that have increased results of leading performers from companies all over the world. He is the CEO of Thrive, a company focused on helping brands become even more amazing through the power of connecting. When he isn't speaking or working on his top rated Thrive Loud podcast, he is watching his kids grow up way too fast. I know for many of you, you can relate. Uh, he's obsessing over how bad his sports teams are and listening to country music while maybe playing some not so great golf. If you or your organization are trying to find the right way to make the connections essential to achieve your business goals, Lou Diamond is the man to make it happen. Please help me welcome Mr. Lou Diamond. Lou, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, you know, I would absolutely love for you to share a little bit about your journey. What got you to this point? What makes you you today? And talk about some of the stuff that you've got going on. Yeah. Uh, when, pe when people ask me what they do, you know, when, when you hear solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, speakers, authors, there's lots of different titles that go along with what I do. The best and clearest description I've ever been able to come up with is that I am a sales and leadership consultant. And I speak and write about connecting. And when I piece that all together, the people that I help better connect are sales leaders, top performers, brand companies, and CEOs who are basically trying to figure out better ways to connect to their audience, salespeople to their prospects and targets, marketers, their message to their audience, and leaders to their people. It is this aspect of what people do that really helps people grow and thrive. When you connect, you thrive. And interestingly, what I've learned over the last several years, which you have as well as a podcast host, is that a lot of the lessons that I've had behind the microphone have actually come and been applicable into the work that I'm doing so that people can have better conversations. Well, Lou, that is so concise. And I think you've nailed it on the head with how you can articulate what you do and how it can be hard for somebody who has a million things going on <laughs> to be able to, to say it concisely. And I think there's this underlying theme here that I just want to pull out for a minute. And, and you talk about connection yeah. and I'll have you in a minute, talk a little bit about, about your book. And this is just kind of setting the stage for what we'll talk about through the rest of this conversation. But, you know, you, you definitely have the specialty of helping people in business and that whole connection factor, but connection is important in every aspect of our lives. And the absence of connection is where things can kind of start to go South. So I don't know, I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit with that, but talk just a little bit about that and just the importance of connection and why this is a topic that's even relevant for really everybody. And I would even add to what you're saying that it's probably more relevant today than ever. Amen. I think, I think, unfortunately, the world has, even though you think we have all these tools that can try to keep us connected, we are probably more disconnected than we've ever been. Obviously, you know, I'm not making this into a political scandal or, or a conversation, but we're so on polar ends of the spectrum on that regard. There, there's lots of unrest in the world. Uh, the economy is, is separating up. The, the divide between all the different levels is, is 
only seems to be just getting pulled further apart. And a lot of the movement that you've been seeing in business over the last few years, specifically the whole great resignation piece, people trying to figure out what they want to do is causing people to recognize that maybe they weren't as connected to one another at work or in business or in life as they can be. And, and we've seen this. I think a lot of our distractions that we have in this world are pulling us apart and not bringing us together. And I think it's really, under, it's really important to understand that when you are connected, we know what it feels like. We know how important it is when you have that sense of trust, the ability to know someone's world and be very empathetic to how what you do can help them and what they can do can help you. And trying to capture and bottle that is actually what I've been sitting at the, the center of. I have a colleague of mine, uh, we, we tried to summarize the problems we solve in our worlds in what we do into one word. And we actually sat down and we tried to figure out what the heck was the word. Because it's not about being disconnected, even though that's a symptom of it. It turns out that the number one problem is selfishness. That's mm. the problem that I solve. When a leader of a company doesn't want to include his organization and what his people are doing into his solutions, he's being selfish to his own needs. When someone is keeping great ideas and not reaching out to others and not sharing their gifts with the rest of the world, they're being selfish. When we start talking about ourselves in a sales meeting and we don't actually take into consideration the client or the prospect who we are actually going to try and serve in business, we're being selfish and trying to talk about ourselves. These are the problems that I see out there. And the cure of all of this, believe it or not, Brittany, is not something that you actually do to fix. There's not something that you can do. There are not tasks. There are not assignments. There's no emails. There's no master course. There's no master thing that basically these are the things that you need to do to be a better connector. It's how you need to be. If we all worked on how we need to be to be better connectors, then that's actually what I'm all about. The way you need to be to in the way you approach situations, the way you approach your clients, the way you approach your family, your friends, it is in that way of being that enables you to want to be connected to others, that others want you in their world. And if we start with that, we'll start to bridge the gap with all these different pieces together. And that's kind of the message and the thing that I could help your listeners with on what are some of those ways that you can be and how you can actually start to think about doing those things so that you can become more connected at work, so you can become more connected with your peers and colleagues, with, so you can be more connected with your family, your friends, your loved ones, because we do tend to get disconnected with it. There's a certain sense of appreciation on those things. And when we do those things, we then will start to understand how we can value and try to maintain that connecting culture that we're trying to achieve each and every day. You know, I think that first of all, you've hit the nail on the head there. And the thing, the theme that kept coming through my head as you're talking about this is the point of listening to understand versus, you know, speaking to be understood. And I think there's this, this massive delineation there. Like when you think about connection, whether it's to, you know, the people, your loved ones in your life or your clients or your prospects or or wherever you're at, I, I think that that is such a great, mindset to have is to let go of that selfishness. And you're, you're actually the first person when you think about the disconnection and the need for a connection and what's going on. You're the first person I've heard use that word, um, selfishness. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by this. And, and I, and I drill down on this, Brittany, that selfishness 
I said, it must be something about it that I don't like. And, and I've always been that way. I hate didn't when we were little younger and somebody kept something for themselves or they were being selfish. You never liked hanging out with the people who were selfish. You wanted to be with the yeah. ones who were giving and sharing and caring. And yeah. I think that has always been in my life. I love bringing people together. So unfortunately, we can dive into our selfishness too often. And because of that, we might forget about the value that we have that when we're not being selfish and we're being more connected and we start at that point, that actually is where we, we focus on. And doing those things first will enable to make the other tasks that we have to do, our sales meetings, our our leadership conversations, the way we work with colleagues, all of that can be brought together better when we understand how we need to be first. You know, Lou, you have done so much clearly. I mean, even in this, this brief few moments that we've been talking, you know, just how deep you've gone with your studies and how deep you've gone to really help and serve people is obvious. It's very obvious. So I would love for you to share what is one of the biggest challenges, struggles that you've encountered, call it in your, in your business life. And, and how did you overcome it? And how did you maybe even more importantly, keep a positive mindset through it? The positive mindset, I think I always had, which might've been one of the problems um, to always think that the, the glasses is half full versus, you know, a, a bad situation. But I, I will tell you that understanding and decoding that this is the problem. And these are the ways that we can help people solve it and coming up with who is best served to do this? Like, the, the, what if, if for anyone, one of your listeners that's listening, you can take the messages that I'm sharing and apply it, as you just said, to any aspect. It could be a professional way of doing things. It could be a leadership way of doing things. It could be a social way of doing things, right? I had to figure out exactly which lane was the best one to go in to help people the most and where it would benefit me financially and be able to do it, you know, continue to do a living in this space. And it was really interesting for me to figure out who I was able to help the most, what organizations benefited the most from it, um, saying no to the ones that wouldn't benefit the most from. I'd say that was the biggest challenge because of my natural ability to want to connect with so many people and wanting to do it and actually feeling joy doing it. To Someone would come to me say, we need your services. And when I realized that where my value was best served might not financially be the best for me or might not be the best for them. That was a challenge for me in a while to pick the right lane and who to focus on. And I think everyone in business learns this after kind of, you know, experimenting and, you know, dipping their toe in different types of things. You find the right temperature for where you're able to play in the space you're in. So as I like to say this and bringing this fully to connecting, I finally connected with myself as to where the sweet spot was and the types of organizations and leaders that benefited the most from the work that I did. Hmm. And, and, you know, I think that is, uh, you know, I think about businesses in general, and I think this could go broad spectrum across any industry. One of the hardest things, especially when you're in growth mode is being able to say no to people that maybe aren't that ideal fit and who, you know, deep down, like you're not best set to serve them. And, and it can be hard because you feel like you're letting them down or letting yourself down or, or whatever. So I'm glad you went that direction with that, with how you answered that, because I think so many people face it. It's, it's hard. It's really hard to say no. And I think that as you grow as an entrepreneur, the opportunities become abundant and abundance breeds abundance. And all of a sudden you find yourself with a heck of a lot of opportunity on the table and only so much time, energy, attention, focus, all of that stuff too. So I think that is so relevant. 
the positive mindset piece you hit was also really important because yeah. the word no, most people just don't like because it's not a positive word. But let's be clear. Um, I, I recommend this to salespeople all the time when they're trying to better connect to their targets and prospects. Let's make it clear. You don't win every sale. You shouldn't win every sale. In fact, mm -hmm. there's a percentage because obviously you're either mispricing your, your services or yeah. you have too wide of a net. You won't be able to service them on the back end when you win something. So the goal is to get to know faster. And a lot of people are so hesitant and, and fearful of the word that they don't want to play in that space. So I'm always about trying to understand, hey, we got to get to know. And, and obviously I had to drink my own Kool-Aid at times. I'm like, oh, I could do that business. I could do that business. You know what? No, it's not part of the main things that we're trying to do. So being really clear and being very focused is so key in being a successful leader, salesperson, marketer, pick that lane and own it. Uh, and, not, and don't try to sway too far outside of the lines. I know, I know that's like, that's so key. And, and the ones who do it the best are even more streamlined into one specific niche that they do really well. They, they say the riches are in the niches, right? Mm. And uh, it's, it's that, that couldn't be more true in business and, in, and from the sales and marketing and leadership component to what I do. Amen. And I want to kind of push on, on this topic a little bit more too. So you have worked with a wide range of professionals, of business owners, of salespeople, of this whole kind of walk of life here, people trying to grow and serve. Yeah. So where do you often find individuals getting in their own way? And do you <laughs> think fear plays a big factor into that? Oh, God. Well, we wouldn't be human. Otherwise, yeah. right? Like, I mean, let's make it clear. We need fear to be human beings. Uh, fear is, is a component to who we are. It is all about knowing how to move through that fear into, into courage. And mm -hmm. look, a lot of people are very inspired by a fear and they literally like, you know, they, they almost work with that sense of I could get fired any day or I might lose my job or this might be the last day to do that. And, some, and that sense of urgency is relevant, but the right way to do it is to understand what that fear is doing to you, right? If you're trying to make a sale to a client, and, and again, let's go back to that hearing the word no. Sometimes you need to hear the word no from somebody because that might not be the right client for the right time. Make it clear you need uh, the, the best, you've heard the sports analogy, right? The best baseball players fail 70% of the time. So that's a lot of no's when you're, when you're in the world. You just have to understand that you actually need the no's. So don't be afraid of the world no, no embrace it, let it come in. Rec recognize how that is going to be value. And now you could focus more on the essence. So it, it, it's taking a fear and spinning it on its head. And a lot of us need to embrace that fear. One of the things I actually do in a lot of the workshops is I actually coach them through the fears so that they can be a better connector. Because this is the selfish part. If you don't want to address your own fears, you're not connecting with yourself and understanding what holds you back and what you need to do when you want to be on the best thriving game of your life, when you want to be a connector and a thriver, which is where I empower people to be, you have to understand that what sets you back, what holds you back. When you were on my show, Brittany, one of the things I asked you, you know, when, what, when you're not thriving, what practice do you seek or what individual do you seek out? That's working through your fears and your problems to get yourself back on track. We all need it. It's essential. And it's the most important skill. It's not moving through the fear. It's recognizing it, giving it a name, calling it what it is and just saying, oh, I know exactly what that is. That's I'm afraid I'm not going to make I'm not going to hit the sale on my quota this month or I'm afraid I'm not going to meet the expectations that I had set for myself. Well, that could be fear of failure or that could be, you know, fear of high achievement. My big fear is mediocrity. I don't want to be mediocre. I want to be above average. Right. Yeah. Those are the things that 
drive us. And it's just knowing how to identify it, name it, and how to spin it on its head. Mm. And there's so much truth to that. And I think that's with, with anything, right? Like anything that you feel like is hindering you in some way, like be it fear or some sort of obstacle in your way, if you can identify it. And like you said, put a name to it, all of a sudden it becomes something that you can overcome versus something that's totally blocking you from growth potential, whatever that is. So I want to pivot here a little bit because as driven entrepreneurs, driven business owners, people who are, you know, not comfortable with mediocrity, like you said, you want to be that above average. It can be easy to fall into the trap of just constant burn mode, right? You're constantly churning. You're constantly trying to think of that next level game. And we don't always take time for ourselves to say, you know, what is like dreaming big or what does fulfillment really mean to us on more of a personal level? So I would love for you to share what's some big aspiration that you have for yourself, for your family, for your future that is really meaningful to you. And that really gets you out of bed in the morning. I think that's actually who does get me out of the bed in the morning, aside from the dog who's like scratching me (laughs) to go out. Um, I, 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 you couldn't be more right. There is this, I learned this about 10 years ago. You know how there was this big mode going in social media. They were, someone would post like a picture of themselves 10 years ago. I, this was earlier in the year. Like this was me then this is me now. Yeah. And, and I was working for those who, you know, read my bio and everything. I worked on wall street for a very long time before I opened my own company. And I was in my early forties when I looked at a picture of myself and I saw that 10 year thing and, and I didn't post it mostly because I look so much better today than I did back then. <laughs> I was heavier. I wasn't working out. I wasn't in shape. I probably was so focused on not doing what I was meant to do on this planet. And, and he, so here's where, where it works really well. Getting back to that, that selfishness problem. That selfishness problem is not making sure you take care of yourself. I want to make something clear. That's holding back your ideas and not using it to connect. If I could break the three things in life is you do the things for the things you love, those are, the, those are the, the people you love and who you want to be with and the people you want to spend time with. There's the work that you love, which is do the stuff that you love to, to work and do. And then yourself, the body that you love, what you love about yourself, working out, making sure you eat healthy, do fun things, be adventurous, read, educate yourself, whatever it is. So that's about yourself. That's about your clients. That's about your family. And as best as you can, you cannot draw nine to five jobs of what work is You cannot just do the home one. You have to balance this out as much as possible. Great connectors also connect with themselves when they're not spending enough time in those three buckets. Being aware of where you're needing to do something today. I I, I need a day off or I need to really focus on my client work or I got to focus on this. It's hard. It's never an equal amount of water in each of those buckets if you're carrying them around. Again, awareness. Being aware of when that bucket needs to be addressed is a real skill set. Some people are really disciplined with it. I love them for it. They literally write down, I'm doing this today, doing that today. I think naturally I find a flow of where that is. I don't think it's an exact amount, but I do know that if you don't address these things, you can't thrive. You can't be a great connector. You can't be good in each one of those buckets in your life if you're not giving balance to the other. Mm-hmm. And that's so true. You know, I like to call it, it's that perfect imbalance, right? Like there's no such thing. And I I like, and I want to give this analogy quick, like the teeter totter, right. And especially like, Lou, you have kids. So, so, you know, I have children as well, and you're trying to figure out what does this perfect balance look like? And if you think about the teeter totter, as long as one side isn't staying too far up for too long of a period of time, 
you're flowing. Okay. Right. Like as long as you've got this. And and I had somebody say to me recently, they're like, yeah, with the teeter totter. and, And here's what happens. If you get to that point of this, what you perceive as perfect balance, everything stands still. Yeah. That's a good and point. that's not necessarily good either. So you have to have that growth in both aspects. So I always think about when people talk about, you know, that, that imbalance, that flow that you have to get. And I think totally. that's so, so, so true. So Lou, I would love for you to talk, like, what are you excited about? What are you working yeah. on right now? What's next for you and what's next for the people that you serve? So I'm, I'm, I'm linking, if you're watching on the video, if you have this over here, I'm, I'm linking towards this little um, icon behind me, which is right here. Ah, so uh, the good. thing I'm most, most interesting about is, as we started to mention earlier, that one of the things I've been helping people with is having great conversations so they can connect better. And then I realized uh, that I actually have been very good at having good conversations, and I wasn't exactly sure why, and probably because I've been having a lot of them. And I think we all know, as you and I connected through a great conversation, that great conversations bring people together. They enable people to really learn from each other, step into empathy, make partnerships, relationships. These are the things that we want to do so that we can move onward and upward and thrive. But not every conversation we have is a great one. Sometimes they're just fleeting. Sometimes we don't connect on on all levels. But what if you could? What if every conversation you had was a chance to make a great connection? What if every time you engage in a conversation you learned, you grow, you developed, you improved yourself. But if every time you had a business conversation, your business opportunities led to the ability to connect, engage, and win. What I ended up doing and what I'm most excited about for this year is my new book called Speakeasy. Connect with every conversation. This is the guidebook from lessons that I've experienced that other professionals have done, other conversationalists, great professional interviewers have utilized and how they have navigated thousands of conversations through their lives and that there's a certain way to master a conversation and think about it. And a lot of it, as I've hinted to here, is the way you need to be approaching and before, during, and after the conversation, the way you need to act, we need to appreciate the moment and the way you actually can bring the best out of you so that you can engage in that conversation so that you can increase the likelihood that you have a great connection. Speak easy is what I'm most excited about. It comes out on uh, September 27th of this year. So very excited about that. That's what I'm most excited about right now. That is awesome. And and, you know, what's flashing in my head is I'm thinking about being a business owner, being in an entrepreneurial kind of uh, society, you're, you're, let's say you're at an event and you have that dreaded networking word (laughs) and just being able to foster those more in depth, like not the surface level, like, what do you do? What, here's what I do. And then it's awkward and it's uncomfortable. And you're like, well, I don't want to say too much. And I don't want to say not enough. And I think that what you're doing and putting out into the world is so relevant and so needed to foster relationships instead yeah. of that surface level stuff that nobody likes. <laughs> and and uh, by the way, I use the word networking. I hate the word networking too. I actually use the oh. new word, which is connect working, which is oh, basically to make to make connections within your network. You need a network, but you need to make the connections within it. And that's what we're trying to do. And those all start with great conversations. So having the ability to speak easy is kind of where I want people to go with this. And oh, by the way, as a podcast host, you'd appreciate it. The the book goes from intro to outro. And the speak easy name reflects the 100 year old reference to speak easy, which were common back in New York and Chicago and big cities during prohibition. Yeah. There's some hints to that, even some conversational flights, if you would, that are mm-hmm. presented throughout the theme of the book. So it's kind of, it's got kind of that flavor, which is pretty cool. 
I love it. That is awesome. So before I ask my last question, obviously we've talked about, you've got the thrive loud podcast. You've got this book, you've got another book, you've got all kinds of stuff. So if people want to get a hold of you, learn more about you, connect with you, where do they go? What do they see? What do they do? Easiest way to find me. You can go to thriveloud.com on the website where you can learn all about the consulting work I do, the speaking, the podcast, uh, the workshops that we offer for clients so that they can be better connectors. All of that can be found thriveloud.com. And everywhere across social media, I'm at thriveloud. To get a copy of the Speakeasy book, you can go there too, or to make it really easy, speakeasybook.com. And you can pre-order today. Awesome. And we will make sure that that all goes into the show notes too. So that if anybody didn't catch that, you don't have to scramble and write, we'll put it there for you. So really speak easy book. I think you can't even get easier than that. We tried. (laughs) So simple. So simple. So Lou, what haven't I asked you that I should have? Well, well, first of all, I think at this time of year, we're recording this in early June. We we have to talk about the fact of how many people actually, you should ask me, how many people listen to Brittany's episode on Thrive Loud? Oh, how many people have listened or should listen <laughs> to my episode on Thrive Loud. I'm looking at her at the point that this at time we're recording over 16,000 people heard Brittany's message. And that's just amazing. We have an amazing bunch of listeners. They love the program. And, but Brittany's uh, episode was awesome. And I just wanted, I was so glad to return the favor. You know, like sometimes you see spikes in certain numbers. I'm like, obviously this person is a well-connected person. We got the right person on the program, but she also provides great content and great advice on the show. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's super exciting. And you seriously, your podcast is amazing. The conversations that Lou has. So if you're listening to this, tuning in the conversations Lou has on his podcast, I have become like addicted to it. I'm like, what's next? What's dropping next? So it's so good. You got to check it out. Check out all the work he's doing. Get early access to the book. It is hands down. I know it's going to be a quality piece because that's what you put out into the world. So Lou, thank you so much for sharing your time. It's the only commodity we can't get back. So it is completely precious and we appreciate it. Uh, Brittany, thank you so much for having me. Truly an honor. I love both of your programs. Continue doing what you're doing. You truly thrive loud. Oh, thank you. All right. Well, that wraps up today's episode. We will catch you right back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your retirement planning. 